You're listening to the Nutmeg Arena by the Nutmeg Assist. Hello and welcome to this week's TNA podcast. We're back, both myself and Yossi are just going to be talking about transfers, completed transfers, future transfers, potential transfers. Yossi, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, mate. Can't complain. How are you going, mate? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Uh, best part of pre-season, this for me, all the transfer talk. Don't like oh, all yeah. the friendlies and whatnot. Just just love uh, picking up a good English paper and reading the complete nonsense that they want to come up with next. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and watching people believe just the most ridiculous things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, let's get started. Yeah, yeah let's get... Go on. No, no, go nuts. I'm just like, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Just like picking your brain about like the logical things and yeah. also like... What, what do we call the illogical things? Like what, the Neymar? Just call it the Neymar things. Yeah, anything that to do with Neymar, isn't it? Or Pogba. Yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah. So, at the moment, for you, what represents mm. the best deal of summer? Um, well, I think on a purely financial level, I think Rabiot um, in itself, obviously on a free transfer, um, is good value for money. Obviously, you've got all the behind-the-scenes issues, and that may yeah. diminish diminish any sort of value. Um, yeah. But I think with with Sarri coming in and the potential role he's likely to play within the system, I think it's it's potentially it's got the potential to be very very good. It also yeah. turn out quite bad, but I, I'd be excited by that. Yeah. Um, but in in terms of just if you were to just overall, including like backroom things, I'm also a fan of uh, the brand signing at Dortmund. To be honest, fairly cheap, yeah. young, feels the can uh, feel the Pulisic role to a certain extent. Yeah, um, yeah. He plays centrally as well, can't he? Yeah, he's been playing centrally most of the season um, and yeah. has done very well. I do expect him to go back out wide at Dortmund, but yeah. We'll see. What about you, yeah. mate? Yeah, I mean, I was I was thinking about this uh, this morning and last night, really. Um, I mean, the, I thought the the Rabiel deal. I mean, do you think that did that catch you off guard a little bit? Um, not particularly, because like everyone, like initially I thought Barcelona because they were interested, yeah. but then the whole agent stuff, and then as soon as it gets to a free transfer, I always suspect Juve are gonna like come in somewhere. Yeah. That uh, definitely fits their transfer strategy. Mm. Are you also I don't know. Uh, go on? So go on. No, no, you go on. You go on. Yeah. Uh, I think Real Madrid, the most logical one, the most logical signing of the summer, even though it was made in January, would be De Jong. I think yeah. he goes he goes into Barcelona and fit in straight away just because of their ethos and their philosophy as the club. Yeah, forget the transfer fee. I just think I see him as a natural. I see him staying in that team now for 10 years. Uh, I like what Real Madrid have bought Mendy, the left back. I think uh, I think that's a very good transfer moving forward. Again, maybe a different strategy, a uh, bit bit more of a different strategy. Real Madrid looking for the future rather than right now. Uh, so yeah, there's been a couple. It was hard, it's hard to pinpoint one for me. I suppose I'm just waiting for that big transfer to go through and then let's see the domino effect uh, from yeah, that true. transfer. Yeah, Yeah, but we've also had two 
big signing, like a hundred plus so far. Like it's not exactly yeah. been nothing happening. Oh, I know, yeah. But uh, what you well, just touching on that. Uh, this is another thing. I'm going to. I'm probably going to raise a few eyebrows when I say this, but. Does the Eden Hazard deal to Real Madrid represent good value for you? Um, mm, like it's it's a marquee player. He's a fabulous player. Um, I, I do think that it's not the best value in the world. I think you could have found a younger player who probably wasn't as good, but could have grown to that level. Um, yeah. And especially because you've got Vinicius, who likes to play on the left wing, who's young already. You could have, I suppose, invested a, like a marquee player elsewhere, whether it be yeah. centre forward or right wing. Um, but yeah, probably not the best value, but I am a fan of the player, so it's it's in the middle for me somewhere. Yeah, I um, I can't understand why Real Madrid have gone through with this transfer. Uh, Hazard for me, I've never really been truly convinced. Uh, and when I say that, I don't mean. People are gonna go. Oh, you're walking to Everton's team, or you're walking to. Do you know what I mean? So before people start yeah, criticizing me, going, yeah. I just think he gets late. He's not. He's not quite that elite player. I don't think Ooh. he ever has been. <laughs> I don't ever put him in. I just don't think he scores enough goals. I, I think. Okay. So go on. Yeah, as well, and. If you if you look through, let's say for example, his time at Chelsea, he's never been truly at his best for two, three, four seasons. He's always had one great season followed by an, an average season, one good season followed by an average season for me. And I just think we've seen the best of him already. And like going back to the point you raised there, I think that money that Real Madrid, who are quite clearly in transition and quite clearly need to revamp that squad. That money could have been better spent elsewhere. Yeah, I, I definitely am in agreement. Money probably could have been used more wisely. I don't yeah. necessarily agree. I would, I would still call him elite. Um, I get your argument with the goals, but yeah, looking at the managers he's played under at his time in Chelsea, I think the only offensive-minded one at all has been Sarri, and within that, season, yeah. I think he got thirty goal contributions or something like that. Um, yeah. But, you know, I get what you're saying. He's not like that 40-goal-a-season striker or anything like that. I get, uh, I do understand that. Yeah. So, I mean, wh- where do you see him playing at Real Madrid? Uh, left wing, to be left honest. Wing. I think it's going to reduce uh, Vinicius' time, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, unless there's a particular formation change, but I, I doubt it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I still see him on the left wing. Yeah. I'm quite intrigued to see what happens at Real Madrid, given the signings mm. that they've made. Um seeing like I said there <clears throat> maybe there might be room for a formation change I very much doubt it Zidane's been predominantly quite rigid with his formation maybe especially in his first period at the club maybe that might change second time around who knows but yeah quite intrigued to see whether Real Madrid continue uh, to buy players I think it'll be I think he'll need to offload some now potentially Gareth Bale but he seems quite quite adamant that he's staying doesn't he yeah I, I, he's not going anywhere I don't think um, no one's going to pay the wages um, yeah and yeah he doesn't really want to leave so unless someone's going to fork up the wages it's just not going to happen in my eyes um, yeah. the only thing I can possibly think is some sort of weird loan deal for two years or 
like that to maybe a buy-in, but I think it's it's unlikely. Yeah, uh, I mean he's got he's coming for a lot of criticism, hasn't he? But I I, I don't know. He never he never sort of struck me as a player with a bad attitude. I think he actually generally just wants to stay at Real Madrid to try and succeed. Because let's face it, up until maybe the last twelve months, I mean you've got to consider his time at the club a success, given the influence that he's had in helping them win European trophies. He's, I mean, he's not been a squad player. He's actually he's actually contributed heavily to Real Madrid's success in the Champions League. I think I think in big moments I agree, but like as a like a regular fixture, yeah, I just he, he's not always there because he's not fancied by Zidane or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, I, I never took him as someone who's particularly unprofessional, but yeah. I feel like I feel like he's sort of fallen out of love with the game. To be honest, it's what the, the vibe I'm getting. Yeah. Um, so I think just he's thinking, oh, I'm happy here, I'm set up here, I'm financially set. Like, yeah, I don't think he just logically there's any reason for him to do anything more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about Neymar? Uh, <laughs> now. <laughs> That subject uh, sends yeah, shells down my spine. Neymar speaking about him and his uh, and his ability compared to his attitude. Um, do you see him going anywhere? Um, mm, I think. Oh, to be honest, I'm I'm entirely fifty fifty whether he'll go to Barcelona or stay at PSG. Um, I don't think it's in Barcelona's best interest to get him. Um, Especially if they're trying to get Griezmann through, I think you can only fit at best one of them. Um, yeah, I, I also don't think the value for either of them is worth it. Because um, what Neymar is going to cost two hundred plus. Yeah, Griezmann's one twenty minimum at this rate. Yeah, um, not to mention the legal disputes that are happening um, <laughs> because they had yeah. a pre-contract agreement, so it's potentially another eighty million on the table. Yeah. Um, like they, they probably need a forward player. They probably need someone who's a bit more versatile that can come off the left. And they've already got that person in Dembele. So I don't really get what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm 50-50 whether Neymar will actually leave. Um, and if I were boss, I just wouldn't make the signing at all. Um, what do you think, mate? Um, I don't know. Every time. <laughs> I, I don't know what to believe either, if I'm honest. Uh, I... I always said from the start, it, it, it was a massive mistake Neymar going to PSG at the time as well. I thought, it wasn't a shock, but it, you, you pick up a paper or you, you go on the internet and you see these things where you're Neymar to Manchester United or and you just think, oh, it's just it's easy journalism. So when it actually went through that transfer, it shocked me because I just didn't ever see it ending on a happy note, uh, especially given the type of player he is. Now, I think PSG, even though they might not be saying it, they're actually pushing him out. They would ha- be happy to see him leave uh, for a number of reasons. I think financial fair play, they'd want the money back in. Uh, they want him off the, the wage bill. I think I don't see him. I, I actually see that team improving without him. I remember on previous podcasts when we discussed the Manchester United game, uh, the first leg at Old Trafford, and I... I I, I mentioned how well he looked as a team without him. So, but it, like you said, it, it's just finding a buyer. I don't really see Barcelona being able to financially afford him, given what's going on with Griezmann. Especially if that transfer goes through, that definitely won't happen. 
The only other logical one would have been Real Madrid. Don't see, I don't see them taking that risk now, given the money that they've spent on Hazard. So yeah, I, do, I don't see him. I don't see him going anyway. I've answered me. I've only, answered me on question really, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the only way I see it financially feasible is um, if they get uh, Dembele and continue off the books. Um, whether that can happen is a different matter entirely. Um, yeah. But also, like, in terms of how they like start up. I mean, like their lineup. I mean, you got the rest: Messi, Suarez, who might be on the bench, might start. Griezmann and Neymar. Like one yeah. of them's gonna have to sit out, and I don't think any of them would be willing to sit out. Yeah. Um, and I don't think you're gonna start with a front four necessarily because none of them will defend. Yeah, and Valverde as Barcelona manager, I don't, I don't see how he, he, he can, and the way that, that he's played, or the, again, unless there's a massive change in formation, I don't see how he, he implements those players mm. as well. So again. I don't think from a football point of view it would actually be in Barcelona's best interests. But you mentioned Dembele there. Um, he's getting heavily linked with a move to Bayern Munich. I don't know if you've... Yeah, no, I'm, uh, saying, I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah. I actually think that would be a good good transfer for, for all parties involved. Now, there's been question marks over his attitude off the pitch. I think that was mainly Deschamps when he was, French, when he was with the front, uh, French squad. But... And I mean, there's been a, one or two comments as well uh, during the last year uh, what, why he's not featured a bit more regular for Barcelona but that seems like a good transfer for Bayern Munich just because of the type of players that they've lost in the summer. Looks like they're trying to replace Ribéry and Robin, getting linked with Sané and getting linked with Dembele so I, I would actually think that would be a good transfer for all parties involved. Um. Yeah, so... I, I look, why, one of the reasons why I'm happy about it is, um, yeah, because obviously City... So I don't want Sane to leave, um, for obvious <laughs> reasons. Um, yeah. But in terms of just Dembele on its own, um, the attitude... I've heard more about the attitude stuff um, in that yeah. when he was moving um, from Dortmund itself, it was like missing trainings, being that like classic, like just being a, a nuisance. And then he yeah. also missed a few trainings at Barcelona and went, went to play video games with mates and turned up late. Um, yeah. Now, that could just be a young player. He may have gone over that. We'll see. Um, but in terms of like a logical signing, it's a logical for Bayern to go for an elite winger, which he is, especially yeah. that young. Um, whether they still have the money after the Hernandez and Pavard purchases, I can't remember. Is anyone else that Bayern signed at the moment? Um, I, no. I uh, so. No. Not. Not yet. Yeah, no, not yeah. yet. It's yeah, quite... Not okay. Yeah, it's quite... Um, which is surprising, really. Because I... Like I said, we, we mentioned, didn't we, the other week uh, when mm. we were discussing the Bundesliga, uh, this this could be the summer where other teams catch up, especially how early Borussia Dortmund have got their transfers in. And all of them make good sense for me. All of them prove their squad. Uh, there's, there's one I'm sketchy about. <laughs> Which one's that? Uh, I think they paid too much for Hummels. I think he's a reasonable signing, oh. but it's, it's a lot of money. Yeah, my apologies. My apologies. I agree completely on that. I can't yeah. <laughs> Was that £38 million pounds or was it €38 million? Euros? I, think it I, know, was I know the difference is very far margins these days, but yeah, I, I can't understand. That shocked me when I seen that go through for the amount of money. I can't understand. Unless they're just thinking 
they need a leader. Yeah, maybe exactly. that's, that's yeah, maybe that yeah, that's why maybe that's what they lacked coming in the the title running at the end of last season. But still, to pay that a lot a lot of money for a player who I don't actually think Bayern Munich would have been too sad to leave. Mm. It'd be quite interesting to see who negotiated that deal. But uh, yeah, but going back yeah. to Bayern Munich and uh, the comments I was about to make, sorry. In the past, we've heard uh, Karl Heinz Rubenegger. He's kept referring to 2019 and all these plans that he's had for this year for the club to sort of. It's like an, he's he's often rephrased it as like a the beginning of a new era. So so obviously only see Hernandez and Pavard come in so far has been quite surprising for me. But I don't know whether I'm just comparing that to Borussia Dortmund and how quickly that they've got off. But I do expect Bayern Munich to make some more transfers but yeah, again I agree. O- other than the obvious two replacements in Ribery and Robin I mean where, where would you say the most logical or, or the most needed position would be in that squad mm, well yeah obviously wingers is a big issue I think what they could do, and I think they've flirted the idea with it as well, is not just have a winger, but a winger who's eventually going to become the replacement for Lewandowski moving the centre. And yeah. they've been eye off Werner for a while. So yeah. I feel like that could either happen this transfer window, next one, or on a free, the one after. Yeah. Um, so I think that's an area that they'll address. Um, They've also decided not to um, take the option to buy for James Rodriguez, so they could be in a market for like a number ten type. Um, yeah. But I feel like it comes after the wingers and uh, forwards. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you you mentioned uh, Timo Werner there, so I mean I'd be quite sad if that transfer went through though, because I think, given the fact that Nagelsmann's going to RB Leipzig, I actually believe that club and that team has got. It's got huge potential this season, and I would actually love to see him stay on there for a year. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I, I think the only problem is that he'll leave on a free after that, and I don't think they necessarily. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just Bayern Munich, though, isn't it? All German players seem to go to Bayern Munich. Yeah, that's um, true. Now, just uh, going, you made a comment there about Sane, um, mm. and how you don't want him to leave. Do you, I I I don't see it happening. If I'm honest, I really don't. Uh, not why Guardiola's there. They seem to have an okay relationship. There doesn't really seem to be any kind of need to leave Manchester City at the moment. I mean, he features heavily. All right, he doesn't play every game, but that's just due to the rotational system, and it's probably better because he's not he's not quite at that level to hit that consistent form yet. But do you see any more transfers coming in to Manchester City? Well, okay, I'll start with the um, Sane part. Um, I think he doesn't get as played as much as, say, Sterling um, or Bernardo yeah. Silva, actually. And considering he was more prominent the season before, I could see why there could be some sort of um, dissatisfaction uh, with the yeah. game time. Um, in terms of me wanting him to leave, I yeah, I... I think just on pure talent, it's not necessarily final product, but pure talent, I think he's our best forward. And I'm including Sterling and Aguero in that, to be honest. I know it's right. a big statement, but I just I see him do things that I can't see anyone else doing. Um, whether that 
produces a goal or assist as often as anyone else. Not necessarily, but I feel like it's just pure ability there. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I, I don't want him to leave at all. Um, I'd much rather see a lot of other people out the door first. Yeah. Um, in terms of City's signings, um, obviously signed two so far, being in Angelino, which is a repurchase from PS3, yeah. Yeah. and Rodri, and Rodri from uh, Atleti. I think there's a chance we could sign a centre back, um, and I think that has the potential to happen. Um, the only we are missing off the company's uh, departure to Underlet. Um, yeah, but I do feel that that could be replaced with Fernandinho actually playing centre back, which he's done a few times for us, and Rodri yeah. becoming that out and out defensive midfielder. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like centre back is a potential area, or maybe right back if Danilo does leave. But those are the only two areas I ex- not expect, but can see rationally a first team player going into. Right. See, I was like, when I was thinking about Man, I thought Manchester City would be the early runners this year. I thought they would go out. I thought they'd spend a lot of money. Obviously, I know there's rumours of the discontent with financial fair play going on in the background. Maybe that's slowing them down a little bit. But I thought in the long term, the whole span of the team doesn't need replace them, but they need to keep an eye on it. Because like you said, their company's now gone. You've got yeah. David Silva in the middle, who obviously has been the forefront of that team and sort of one, for me, the best player of that team over the last 10 years. Uh, and then you've got Aguero. I know who, obviously, these are all world-class players and by all means don't need replacing now to walk into any team in the world. But two or three years down the line, I thought Man City might start looking to address that now. Uh, and obviously, we've already mentioned Fernandinho, but Rodri is is that sort of next in line um, not not to replace him but replace him in the long term so do you see maybe room there for another another forward player coming in um, look so David will is said he's going to leave at the end of the season yeah. um, so it leaves a potentially starting both open now we already have people that can feel that um it may come that they're not good enough and we'll get someone in, but there is always Foden, De Bruyne, Mars that can play there, Bernardo Silva. It's not exactly not well-stocked. Yeah. Um, Aguero will also leave within a year or two, as you've mentioned. Um, yeah. And look, it could be as simple as Gabi Jesus is going to be the first-choice striker. It's feasible that could happen. I do think a replacement will be targeted, at least as a yeah. competition. But I don't see it happening this season, to be honest. Right. Um, in saying that, there's always the option that, like, we will sign someone just out of the blue because yeah. we can. But I think financial fair play is definitely something that is being is on the back of the uh, city city's minds. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So f- f- I think I think the area that he might, if you had to put money on it, it would be a centre back. I know you mentioned there about Fernando Fernandino dropping back. Uh, heavy links at the moment with Harry Maguire. Um, whether that goes through or not uh, we don't know uh, obviously heavy links with Maguire to Manchester United as well uh, we'll bring them up in a minute but mm. if Maguire's not feasible because of it let's face it Leicester have got the right to demand whatever they want for that type of player I think he's easily their best defender he's made a massive impact on English football over the last 18 months who else do you see 
as a, a viable option other than Maguire coming into Manchester City's defence? Well, that, I think that's just the problem. I think the reason why City might put Fernandinho in there is because I don't really, I mean, I might be missing someone, but I don't really see a centre-back that works that's going to be exactly what we're looking for at a fairly reasonable price. Um, I think Maguire is a good player, don't get me wrong, um, but yeah. I don't think he's worth the $90 million that's being thrown around or whatever it is. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, no it's, but in terms of qualities, I mean, I think obviously someone who's good on the ball, but I feel like City are really stressing that we need a big centre-half. Um, because yeah. There was a point where I think half the goals we conceded, I think it was halfway through the season, had been directly from, from corners or set pieces off headers. Yeah. Um, so it's something we really need to address. Um, but I can't really think of any particular centre-back that's, I suppose, reasonably valued and got the skill set at a high level at this point in time. So I don't think City are going to rush into it unless someone is just present and it just seems obvious. Yeah. So are you surprised that they haven't gone stronger for Delict? So, yeah, Delict was obviously the obvious answer. Um, but I think City have this sort of policy which is don't deal with Mina Raiola or any client of his. Um, <laughs> no, no I, I don't think they've ever had a Mina Raiola yeah. client, if I'm not wrong. Um, and I, I get it, um, but I would have liked, loved to see Delict. But, yeah, yeah I, it's in the middle. Like, love to see him, but you've got that policy and I completely understand why that policy is there. Yeah. Um, but other than Delict and maybe Militao who moved to Madrid, I can't really think of any particular centre-back that's that... Yeah, I think there's a real dearth of quality centre-backs at the moment that haven't moved yeah. recently or are old. Let's put it like that. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's stay within the Premier League at the moment. Mm. Uh, a, a team that's intriguing me uh, or intriguing me to see where they go with their transfer policies somewhere is Liverpool mm, mm. because I think I think this is quite an important summer for them because they've reached the heights that they did last year uh, with uh, even though they finished second in the Premier League obviously took Manchester City all the way they've won the Champions League obviously Klopp's mentality is very much around team spirit as well as good players where, where do you see them buying this, or do you see them buying at all? Um, I think I think they'll fish around for players. They might go for more of a younger approach and just see yeah. what grows into quality players. Um, and, but in terms of what they need, I think there's always the need for a forward, whether that be for me a right wing striker, left wing, but yeah. sort of like a quality backup for those three. Because I think other than back in the season, it was like fairly injury free. Yeah. Um, so it's always something to consider, and I know Shakiri can come up the right, and Origi comes in a forward, but they're not they're not fabulous options. Yeah. Well, this um, is the this is the discussion I had with one of my friends the other day because he was very much well. We don't need anyone, or you can't improve the team. And I was like, well, you can't improve the team. Trust me, you can. But it's whether you risk that player. Now, for me, there's a little bit of room. Again, I'm quite surprised that Liverpool weren't heavily linked with the licks. I know, I know the name. I know they were they were mentioned, but he weren't ever seen as like a, a front runner because I think that other centre half or that choice for him to partner Van Dijk uh, would have been would, well would have been fantastic. Would not for me personally, but it would have been fantastic for Liverpool fans. <laughs> uh, and again, 
areas surrounding surrounding the central midfield. Um, Henderson offers what he offers, but again, I don't think you're ever going to see any more than what we've already seen. Uh, I know Fabinho had a very good uh, second half to the season uh, for them in that role, sort of like the pivot role, but he can actually get around the pitch as well. Uh, and again, I think the striker, because when Firmino doesn't play, it's not necessarily the goals that need replacing, but it's his type of play. Obviously, quite last season, Sturridge didn't offer that. That's why he didn't play, and that's why he's, they've let him go, because he just doesn't offer the same uh, movement for me that Firmino does, or the same pressing, or the same energy. So th- there is definitely areas for Liverpool to improve on, to go forward uh, and uh, make that step up, because I don't see them repeating the same consistency with this squad for a second year running. Yeah, there's always the likelihood that uh, someone can get injured or yeah. you know, luck doesn't yeah luck doesn't run or whatever it is. Um, but I do see what you're saying. Like, Delic would have been like ideal for Liverpool, and a centre back yeah. w- wouldn't be a bad option for them. Um, yeah. Given that Matip is fairly average, Lovin is fairly average, and Gomez is still coming back from injury and fairly young. Yeah. Um, so I could definitely see why. Um, but I, I heard a rumor. Um, well, maybe it was a potential offer that Liverpool went back in for Fakir on like a much discounted price, like twenty twenty five mil. Yeah. Um, uh, even though he failed the medical last transfer window, um, so that could definitely be that backup for Firmino, who can also play on the wings if it were to happen. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it's the most sensible signing given injuries if it were to happen, but yeah, it would it would cover that role. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Well, he's out of contract and I'm seeing rumours that he's he's available for a knockdown price because he's out of contract next summer, I believe. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing 30 million knocked around. Now, Liverpool nearly signed him last summer, I believe. I think it was 52 million euro or maybe he might have just been 15, 2 million pounds. I'm not quite sure about that. So, uh, but yeah, I'm not really... I'm seeing the links with Liverpool, but I don't know if that is... A play that Liverpool are actually going to fancy this time around. Yeah, especially for injuries, it's, yeah. it's a bit of a concern. Yeah. Um, again, moving forward, mo- uh, moving forward onto Manchester United. Oof, okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, now I'm sure, as a Manchester City fan, uh, you'd love to talk about Manchester United at the moment. Um, ah, why not? <laughs> Uh, Wan-Bissaka, good deal or bad deal? Uh, uh, look, the fee's a lot of money, but I still think it's a fabulous deal, if I'm being honest. Really? Um, really yeah. Um, I'm actually jealous, I'll be honest. Um, and it's been a while since I've said that about a United player, um, given the previous few years. But I know he's the fee is a lot, but he's 21. And I think offensively he's got a bit of work to do. But defensively, I can't think of a better right back in the Premier League. Like, not even close. I think TTA has mm. definitely got him offensively. Um, but he's just got... I just don't see anyone beating him in any challenge. Like, I can't remember the last time he's been... Sort, sort of the, those statistics you see on Van Dijk, who's never been dribbled uh, dribble past. I see the same thing with Saka. And that was before he moved to United and everyone started, like, posting things. Um, but, yeah, I think he's fabulous. I get the impression you are not as much of a fan. Um, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> No, I'm just always a bit from a football. I'm always a bit wary when defenders 
that play in such defensive setups then go mm. to bigger teams because uh, let's say for example he's at Crystal Palace uh, we all know how Roy Hodgson sets up his team uh, mm-hmm. we all know the, the, the structure that they play with now I always think so he's a right back right yeah Crystal Palace play very deep so let's say the right winger whoever it may have been would he have been that far in front of them to leave him ex- exposed at any point? Would the centre-half have been that far away from him to leave him ex- exposed? And would they ever... They don't play high up the pitch, so they played quite deep. So he's never really had to... For me, he's always been well... I think these defenders are always well-protected at these clubs. I don't mean off the pitch, I mean on the pitch because of the defensive setup. And then when they go to bigger teams such as Manchester United or teams that just play, I say, a more expansive approach, they, they, they often get found wanting a little bit because they're not used to not having the protection. So, yeah. I'll, get, I'll give you a fine example. I mean, again, this is obviously on a, a lot lesser scale, but when Michael Keane joined mm-hmm. Everton and mm-hmm. he came from Burnley, uh, I remember watching him at Goodison at and in his first six months, he was absolutely awful. Uh, and that's because, and people people were dead surprised by it because they thought he was signing some great defender. But I was like, well, at Burnley, they played four four one one or four five one, whichever way you want to interpret it. But they played that deep that he never had to turn around and run backwards. They played that narrow that his right back was always right there, and the, the midfield was that deep that the, the whole midfield there or the. the the, the, the central midfield pair and were constantly in front of him so he never really had to move he ne- and then when he came to Everton and then we tried to play a little bit more openly he just got found completely exposed now Wan-Bissaka I think has got great potential but I actually think he would have been better off staying with Crystal Palace maybe another year or maybe even going to a team whether the interest is there or not I just mean looking at it from a football perspective, going to a team at the moment that has a bit more of an identity because I I really see Manchester United struggling this year. Um, yeah, look, I, I also see, United, depending on signings, of course, I do see United yeah. struggling a bit this season as well. Um, I I completely understand the, the keen point and it's a common theme when you get a centre-back or defensive player out of Burnley because they're just used to a low block yeah. and it's also why I'm also a little bit sceptical of Rodri at times because he was again part of a defence yeah. that was very much a low block um, I would suggest that Wan-Bissaka is a little bit different to that although I do get the point um, because if you look at um, Palace's defence other than him I think it's absolutely shocking um, <laughs> and it's also slow as hell and he's usually doing the covering for the centre-backs Yeah. so I think a lot of the defensive facility comes from him and it's gone to the point where I've saw, I can't remember where I saw it actually. I saw a few heat maps across the season of where yeah. Palace was getting attacked from like beginning to end. And then you can see at the beginning they started targeting um, uh, the soccer side. And then by the end, very few attacks ever came there. Yeah. I think it just completely shuts down the right hand side for your defense in terms of a safety thing. Yeah. Um, and watching him against City, like I think he was up against Sane that day, ironically enough, and Sane was not getting anywhere near it. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I can understand the point. I still think, even though United won't like 
have the best defense in the league, I think he will improve it. Yeah. Um, how much? We'll see. But I definitely think it'll be an improvement. Yeah. Well, hopefully the lad's given time to settle into the club as well. I mean, I'm not, and people are not expecting immediate fireworks from him. Mm. I mean, going back to the point I raised, I mean, there's obviously always potential to flip that and look at it from the other way. That is because he's been in a defensive team, that he's actually a very good defender as well. And yeah. that uh, he can, and, and then if he then plays in a more open team, he's given a bit more room to sort of attack. But again, it, I, I think it depends on very much who Manchester United buy to surround them as well. Uh, where do you see them going next in terms of transfer? Um, I think everything, again, I think they're waiting for Paul Pogba to be sold, aren't they? Yeah, I, I heard reports today that I think Stolshire and uh, Rayola, ironically enough, um, both said, yeah, he wants to leave, even though he's turned up on tour uh, in Australia, ironically enough, again. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I've been in my hometown. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think midfielders are likely. Um, and whether they're going to do some sort of swap deal with Madrid or part swap deal, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, they're going to address midfielder first. Um, that could also, but also Pogba could also not Pogba, sorry, um, Lukaku might also, yeah. Be, so it might be a backup striker in there as well at some point. Yeah, but well, yeah, I it, think there's a lot of surgery need to be done there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, uh, I think the sense, central defence needs looking at as well. Very much mm. looking like the guy who will stay at the club, which will be a, 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 even though his his form has been a bit patchy for the last twelve months. I mean, that would be. A massive loss if he, if he was to actually leave as oh, well huge. yeah um, going back to Lukaku uh, mm. and do you actually see that transfer going through to Inter Milan do you think that's a good deal for Inter Milan or a good deal for Lukaku um, it's without a question a good deal for Lukaku because yeah. he's not going to get played at United anywhere near as much as he would want to be um, yeah. it's a good deal for Inter Um Here's the thing. They've got two strikers there already. Both are fairly good. Obviously, Icardi being the better one. Um, now, obviously, Icardi's got his problems. And I think the uh, sporting director or CEO or whatever it was said today that we don't have any plans for him and Nangola, actually. Um, yeah. So he could be on the way. But I don't think anyone's going to have an interest in him. Like, I can't yeah. see anyone needing that sort of center forward that, in, like, that center forward that doesn't get involved with the play. Yeah. Um, so I can see why Inter would want it and have Lukaku who would fit Conte who knows him and does a lot of like running on the ball but I don't see them getting rid of Icardi so I don't see Lukaku moving yeah so if you were Lukaku or you were an Everton fan would you have Lukaku back or would you go back to Everton if I were Lukaku I I think you could get a move somewhere whether someone can afford your wages is a different yeah. question entirely but you could move elsewhere so I don't see why you'd go back to Everton unless there's some sort of particular affinity there which there may be yeah. um, I, I don't know how you as an Everton fan feel about him but would Everton take him I would think probably because I think correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong but Everton need a centre forward because Carl yeah. Lewin's a bit of a bit utility wise and Tossum's an absolute wank yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, it's a funny one it's been it's been mentioned uh, recently a lot or sorry it's sort of died down in the last sort of week or ten days but two weeks ago two weeks ago three weeks ago it was getting it, there was 
uh, there was some heavy links and it was quite it, it brought quite a big debate between the Evertonians because I think I think we had Lukaku's best years. Uh, well, he's still 25, though. Yeah. But again, yeah, hopefully, well, maybe hopefully for him, he, 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 got, he needs to find a team that is built around him. Now, when he was at Everton, yep. the team was built around him. Now, my argument was he, he scored goals and he scored... He scored goals in a pretty average team as well, apart from his first season on loan and his last season. I thought it, it, we were okay, but those middle seasons when he still scored goals in, in an average team. Now, the reason I say that we had his best years is he seemed to be a different type of player to what he is now, and I don't know whether I don't know if that's been a an aim of Manchester United's coaching staff or that was the aim of him and personally but he was a lot more mobile at, at Everton he seemed to offer a little bit more than just sort of putting the ball into the box and him grabbing on now I wouldn't have him back right now that's my honest answer and I know people are going to go oh well Everton need a striker and Everton need this and Everton need that and I know that and Lukaku guarantees goals so why wouldn't I have him but that. He only guarantees goals if you play, if you give him the service. Mm. And at Everton, at the moment, we're very much sort of going for a Richarlison playing left wing. I know he played the number nine last year. I get that. But his best position is left wing. We seem to be aiming more of a front three scoring maybe 12, 10, 12 goals each rather than having one focal point and a him. Uh, scoring 30 goals now the good thing that happened at Everton last year especially in the last sort of 10 games when we seem to get a bit more rhythm we seem to be competing teams as well is Calvert-Lewin doesn't offer a great deal in terms of scoring goals but he offers a great deal in terms of bringing the players in behind them into play and I think that's what Everton need as a stri- going forward a striker that is going to bring in Sigurdsson Walcott or the right winger, whoever it's going to be, or the left winger in, and getting and getting goals from them. Lukaku doesn't offer that. You, if you get in the ball, if you get a left winger, or you get a right winger, or you get someone assisting them regularly, like you did have at Everton uh, the first time around, then yeah, you'll get 20 plus goals a season. But that's all he offers. If he doesn't score, he doesn't bring nothing to the football field, in my opinion. And that's why right now I, I would hope Everton look at other options to. Maybe bring it, have a striker that can just offer a little bit more than a very good finishing ability. I know it's a catch-22 scenario because goals win football games, but I believe, given the money that it would take for us to get him back and the wages uh, and the way he is as a professional, I, I personally wouldn't have him back. No, it's, it's fair. It's fair. I, I get your analysis. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think you want someone who fits to play a bit better, and I do think he'll work better in like sort of an Inter Milan system where yeah. he'll be more of that focal point, and he'll just get service to him. Yeah, um, I do think he will get some service from Dinier. Dinier has got a good ball on him. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. That, so it's potential, but I don't. I do agree. It's not worth the fee and wages that you're going to have to commit to him. I feel like you can find something that's more suited, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. That's why I just don't see him fitting in. So I think if he came, he may well he may well go get twenty plus goals a season. 
but I actually think it'd be a hindrance to the other players around them. And I think we need to be at the moment. I think uh, given the money that we're quoting and, and we're spending on players, uh, we need sort of like the front four to all be playing well together. For, and that's what happened at the last uh, the last part of the season when we were playing the likes of Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester United, Liverpool City, and we're actually competing with those teams again uh, on a 90-minute basis. I think I think that's what we need. I think we need a bit more of a team going forward. But a bit maybe a similar post to what Liverpool have got with their front three. There's no sort of one player that stands out. I know Salah had that season of the year where he scored 40 goals, but the other the way he plays doesn't sort of affect the way uh, the other two contribute. And I think that's what we need at the moment. But you know, whether that plays out there is a completely different story. Maybe I'm looking for two perfect of a player. Yeah, fair, <laughs> so, fair, fair. Sticking with the Premier League, but outside, say, the top four. Mm-hmm. Or six even, but yeah. Oh yeah, tops well I don't know I don't I don't know about that this year. I think Manchester United and Arsenal need to get get a move on if they believe I think there's a bit of a gap now between yeah. say yeah. the top two, top three and then the next three. Um who's doing the best transfer business? In the Premier League? Premier yeah. League so far, outside the elite clubs. I'm not gonna call them elite clubs because that winds me up. But outside <laughs> the Champions League team. <laughs> oh, it's it's a tough one to say um, because the especially with the lower leagues or not not lower leagues but lower teams in the league they're getting players they wouldn't necessarily have watched day to day. I know Southampton. I can't remember his name. But they signed a winger for about fifteen million. Yeah, um, yeah. And I look. I'll be honest. I don't know enough about him to say that's a great signing. Um, but I think. The club, and it's not so much the entire business because it's still early on and they've only made the one notable signing I can remember. But Leicester getting Telemans, I think, is I don't know how they've done it, but I'm just well, I'm just a fan of it to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know it's a lot of money, but the guy, the kid's what been playing professional football at a high level for what six years now, and he's 22. Yeah. And he seems to have um, found the right manager and the right system because I know he's, he's, he struggled to fit into Monaco and the way they yeah. played. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's a very good sign. And, and I actually think... I'm actually glad it's happened in some ways as well because I like to see that player... It would have been easy for him to go and, say, sign for a more... Not elite club, but a club uh, with more money and get paid more and sit on the bench... I thought he was going to go to United. Yeah, I've seen the links with that, but why would you go there at the moment? <laughs> uh, true, true. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm actually, even though I see level, uh, Everton and Leicester competing next season uh, in terms of league, league places, I see them as a rival in terms of that uh, challenging the top six. Um, actually, I'm actually glad it's happened because that sort of I mean, if those transfers didn't happen, let's face it, the uh, the gap in the Premier League would just get bigger. Yeah, I agree. And I, I feel like the gap between 6th and 7th, or even if there is a gap, will be a lot less than last year. Yeah. Um, um, I've got a question for you, actually. Go on, yeah, you know, far away, man. Yeah. So, within the top five leagues, what's the one signing that you felt that everyone else is a big fan of, but you feel it's like a fairly average one? Ooh, 
Um, I'm happy to run you through my logic or my, I suppose, answer to it. Okay. Um, uh, for me, it's a hazard deal. Okay, yep. Fair. Yeah. yeah. I think, given the fact that he was out of contract last uh, next summer, the money that Real Madrid have spent on him, uh, the age of the player, my personal opinion that we, he's already peaked. We've already seen the best of him. For me, Real Madrid are looking, even though they have played, uh, they have signed uh, Luka Jovic, they are looking for goals elsewhere. I, I just don't see. I don't. He might. He might. He might prove me wrong. But I. I think. I don't think that's the best transfer. I think that that was uh, illogical to say the least. Fair enough. No, I, yeah. I see it. Yeah. Um, How about yourself? I'm, there's there's two or three that really stand out for me, um, and I think Chelsea paying what fifty million for Kovacic. I know they were forced into it because <laughs> of the transfer ban, but like yeah. he just he's he's not how Real got that amount of money out of him. Out of them, I don't quite know, and I don't think it would have happened yeah. normally. I think the signing of uh, Costas Manolas um, from Roberto Napoli is one for a lot of money. Two, I don't think they need another first-choice centre-back unless Albiol's left off the top of my head. And I also just don't think he's very good. I think he's been saved by Alisson in previous seasons and as soon as Alisson's left, the defence has sort of collapsed. Um, and I think the one I'm going to say is the worst, and this is going to be very controversial because it wasn't the free, but I think Aaron Ramsey to Juve um, <laughs> yeah. is a very poor... I know it's on a free, so it can only be so bad, but the wages alone being the second highest paid player in the club, I think it is now. Yeah. Um, and the the amount of midfielders they already have. And <laughs> yeah. I suppose the defensive liability he is for a central midfielder. I mean, yeah, he can go on a tear and do some good things offensively, but they don't need it. It's not worth it. It's Yeah, I can't really see any good reason for it other than the fact it's free. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't disagree too much there. Uh, the Ramsey deal, I mean, it shocked me even when Allegri was manager that that deal went through. I know Juventus have a certain transfer strategy where once free, once once a player is available on a free, they seem to uh, they seem to be heavily interested in those type of players, regardless of the position or whether they need that position or whether. Like, like going back to the wages there, they, they seem to just love a free transfer. Uh, the Napoli one uh, is quite interesting because I, when I seen that deal go through, I was quite shocked that it went through. Didn't see, didn't see him leaving Roma. But then I'm thinking, is that is he bought? Has he been bought as a replacement for Koulibaly? Yeah, that's what I thought initially, but I just yeah, I, the rumors have just completely died down. Yeah. So. Mm, yeah, maybe, maybe that. Yeah, that's the only really, that that's the one that shocked me the most yeah. when yeah, I seen yeah. that go through. Uh, like you said, yeah, he seems to it seems to be a player that lives on a bit more of a reputation. People mm. seem to just uh, know the name, so therefore link him with every club possible. And he's been linked with Chelsea heavily, especially when Conte was there. But yeah, I've never been, I've never been when I've watched him. I don't. Th- I don't think he's a bad defender, but I've never thought this guy is outstanding. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay then. One more question for yourself, and then we'll uh, that'll bring an end to the show. Okay. Sure. 
as a Manchester City fan, mm. <laughs> who right now you're sat in Pep Guardiola's office, you recommend the one player to go out and buy, regardless of money, but it's got to be logical. You can't say Messi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Who do you go and buy? It's got to be logical. Um, I think... Oh, that's, oh you put me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to address centre-back um, because, obvious reasons, I, although Fernandinho is a quality defensive midfielder, will he be good enough at centre-back? I don't know. Stones hasn't really lived up to scratch at this point, and I've never been a fan of Otamendi, and Laporte's obviously going to be the other one. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to look at centre-back. Um, and the lick is of the obvious answer, barring the Riola issue. Um, I think what I would do, and I think you could get it for a reasonable. I'm not sure what the buyout clause is necessarily, but if I, I were going to avoid the lick, I would be looking at Varane. Um, All right. I heard rumours in I think last transfer window or transfer window before that. Um, Someone was sniffing at Varane for not as much as I thought it would be. Like it was in the region of like 60 million, um, which for someone who's won as much as he's done and still fairly young was something that I, as a city like fan, I'd be super interested in. So I'd have to look at that. Um, yeah. As the player, because I think he's fairly good in the ball and he's not a small centre back by any means. So yeah, that's what I would target. Yeah, no, that's a great shout to be honest. Still think a player. I still think he's so underrated, that player. He's very, he's just so, he's like, like you said, he's, he's good on the ball, but he can actually defend as well. Mm. Uh, and I can't understand why last season, I know the media are having a bit of a frenzy over here that Van Dijk should be getting Ballon d'Or this year. Well, Varane last year won the Champions League and the World Cup. So, uh, me, no, I, I get it. I get it. Um, I, I, I think I do think Van Dyke's a better centre back, to be honest. Um, Ooh, really? I, I, do. I think you could put Varane in that Liverpool side and take Van Dyke out. And I don't think he would do as well. Um, although Varane does have a few years younger than Van Dyke, so could get there. Um, but yeah. I don't see him as influential on a team. To be honest, there's probably a better way of putting it. Um, mm. Or at least bringing them up. Yeah, um, I, I... Go on, sorry. No, no, no. As I was going to finish the point, I was going to ask you about Everton, but finish oh, your point on. first. No, yeah, so, I, I think... Just... Uh, I think he's probably... He's played at a more consistent high level than Van Dijk over the last, say, three, four years. Five, even. And again, for me, he's probably one of them, if not the most underrated defender in world football, Varane. I know he has his little problems with injuries now and again, and Real Madrid have not mm. just... Real Madrid have had a poor season by their standards or uh, or by the, the profile of the club. Uh, they didn't really do nothing in the Champions League this year or well, they were beaten heavily by Ajax. So there's a shout to say that, yeah, at this present moment, Van Dijk is playing better and is the better defender. But I still think he needs to sort of play well keep this level up now for well the next two three years at least which I'm sure he will do to be honest, to be honest because we're talking about uh, we're talking about two of the best defenders around at the moment 
No, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think they both improve any team that they went in. <laughs> yeah. So, oh. as a Everton fan, what's a feasible, yeah. what's a feasible player? If you could have unlimited money, where do you go? <laughs> Log- logical, of course. Uh, God, put me on the spot now. Uh, well, uh. I think I think the areas that we need to improve on. Uh, we need a striker. That's that's without question. But the way that Marcel Silva's approach is, and the, given the players around them, they need a, a very specific striker. And I think we need a right winger as well. Theo Walcott, yeah. as listen, he can be very effective at times because of his pace and the way he plays. But he, throughout his career, you can say he's, he's out of shit. <laughs> he's never played well consistently. Uh, he, he's got one good game and five in him. So yeah, there are, and, and we need more goals uh, from that side of the pitch. So we were getting linked with Neres heavily. He was uh, mm. obviously he's committed now to Ajax for another year, I believe, or he's committed to the future. But given that, I can't really, I can't. Everton are in a a tricky position because who do we go for? What do we try and show ambition and try and get a player that would be normally out of our reach, or do we try and buy a player from sort of a club that is beneath us? So I can't really, I can't really say. I'm a big fan of Haller that plays for Frankfurt. Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah, uh, for me personally, I. I he, he would he would represent the perfect uh, striker, and he would the style of play that he he offers as well would be a a very good foil for the players around them. So for me, that would be him. And I know some of the listeners might look at that and go, "Well, who is he?" or whatever. Then he's a very very good footballer. Yeah, he's a good footballer. And I think, I'm a big fan. Yeah, and I actually think it would, even though he's not coming from the most prestige and high-profile club, it would actually be a coup for Everton to be able to go and get that type of player. I, I, I'm i going to throw one more suggestion your way, see if yeah. it appeals to you. Uh, would you, as an Everton fan, be interested in Lataro Martinez from Inter Milan? Uh, Centre forward, 22 or 3, I think, and you can get him on cheap because Inter have to deal with financial fair play at the moment. Yeah. Um, Gets involved with build-up a bit. Obviously yeah, not the finished product just yet, but yeah. Uh, well, he featured more heavily at the at the end of last season, didn't he? Because of well, not necessarily the end, but because of Inter Milan's problems with Icardi, sort of yeah. from January onwards, and his agent or his wife or whatever you want to call her these days. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if that would be a good transfer just yet. I think Everton okay. need someone to come in and hit the ground running. I don't think we can really afford to be going out and getting a striker now that is going to take a season or even two to settle in. I think Everton never replaced Lukaku or since he left, even though I do think it was the right time for him to leave and for the club to move on. I think they failed in the transfer market uh, up until the summer to actually replace uh, replace his goals. So, I think, in answer to your question, no, not just yet. I think okay, someone yeah. of the nature of Zabata at Atalanta Ooh, would have been. Interesting. It would have been uh, 
a lot more perfect. But given the fact that that they're now in the Champions League, I, I don't see that that happening. Okay, no, I, I think that's a fairly good suggestion. Um, yeah, I think Zapata has gone has a great has had a great season, but he's been hit and miss in the past. Yeah, um, but I do think Hal is probably the best option of the three. Oh yeah, he would be the ideal one for me. Again, I don't see it happening. We've been linked to him in the past. We got linked with him a couple of seasons ago when uh, before he moved to Frankfurt. But I don't know if, if if he's actually getting linked now. But just given the way I've seen him play last year, I just thought he would have been perfect for the way that we we need that lone striker who can play. He can play as a two like he did last year. He can play as a lone striker. He brings people in. He seems to be like a good all-round striker uh, with the ability to get better. Don't think he's peaked yet. So, yeah, he would have been my ideal signing. Fair enough. Yeah, okay. I can agree with that. Uh, well, that brings an end to the show. Uh, it been a pleasure, mate. Yeah, an absolute pleasure, mate. Uh, I always love transfer talk. Always love it. Uh, because there's just no... We could just sit here and discuss it all day. So... Um, to all the listeners and all the guys out there at TNA, give this a listen.